0: Let's mix it up, change it up, and dominate. And now, your host, eight times best selling author and double world record holder, Rob Moore. I've had dozens of messages about my most recent retirement. Some people, of course, don't believe me. Some people are shocked. Some people want a full explanation. Um, other people would like to know how, considering I'm 41 years old. Some people have seen that this is not the first or the second or the third or the fourth time. In fact, it's the fifth time. Um, Some people don't believe me at all. They're like, yeah, we've seen this before. Rob, we know your game. We know you'll be back to work in a few weeks or months or whatever. Um, But actually, I think what a lot of people don't know is that there's a system and a method behind the various retirements I've had. um, And the new one that I've just... Um, a few weeks ago decided on uh, and I've managed to work it into a little journey and a system uh, which I think should be useful to you. So on this podcast and live video I'm going to talk you through those stages because you know when you get into business and personal development maybe you've done some courses and you do hear people talk about retiring young, retiring early, passive, residual, recurring income. Now personally I never got into Um, property and business and personal development to retire. But some people are looking for the early retirement, or at least they want the choice to be able to do more of what they want, when they want, where they want, with who they want. Now, I'm not here to judge uh, what retirement should be for you. But one thing I can say is I've been in positions in my life, like four or five times, where I've had the ability not to have to work And that's not been what I've wanted to do. But I had to get there to know that. So the first thing I would say about retirement is I don't believe retirement is doing nothing. I believe that retirement is having the choice to do something else. And I think that's really important. Retirement is not to do nothing, but it's the choice to do something else. The choice to not be stuck in a career, a vocation, a job, working for a boss or a company that you don't want to do for the long term. The choice to travel, the choice to take mini or micro retirements or to take a month off when you want or to not work for 52 weeks of the year or to start a new business or to write a book or to go on to a a retreat or to spend more time on social media or to raise your children. Or whatever it is that you want. So you will never hear me um, spouting what you should do with your life. But just like my dad is one of the best people in the world at giving up smoking. Because he's given up so many times and he's well practiced. I'm pretty experienced at retiring because I've retired more than most. And yes, I've come back, although I've not always intended to come back. Or I've come back to a different place started a new business, written a new book, started a new podcast, built a new brand. So when people look at me and go, oh, well, Rob didn't actually retire. He he took a few weeks off and then he started working. And no, 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 no. I retired from the old thing and I started the new thing. Now, I didn't know that was going to be the case, but you have to be there to be able to test that out. So um, I believe... Through my own experience, by the way, this is, you know, lots of people can talk about stuff, but uh, I have had this real experience in my life. There are five different ways, or you could call them levels, although they're not all in order, though some are, that you could set an early retirement, a faster retirement, you know, one that you don't have to wait until you're at retirement age for. Now, whether you choose to then start something else. And um, like Sharon has just said on the comments here, retirement for new beginnings, retirement for new choices. I love that. So if you make that choice, that's your choice. And I'm cool with that. Um, you, you could re- choose to retire one month every year, three months every year, one year every five years. So it, it really, because um, I've been talking about this a fair bit because a lot of people have been asking me. Uh, and I think many of our more preconceived or sort of industrial age definitions of retirement, I think we can rip them up. I think that they're old. I think that they're redundant. Got the word there. Um, And as Jeanette has just said on the live, freedom and flexibility is the key. So here are the five different types of retirement. I'll talk you through them. I'll take you on my journey. I won't um, labour the points, but I'll go into some detail. So number one is, is an asset based retirement. Number two is a cash based retirement. Number three is a systemization or sell-up retirement. Number four is an operational retirement. And number five is a total time freedom retirement. Now, um, like I said, one and two are in order, maybe three, but three, four, and five you could juggle around. So my current retirement is an operational retirement. It's not a sale retirement. I have no intention to sell um, my main companies. I think I have four or five main companies Maybe eight different income streams, put four or five main companies, no intention to sell them all. Mark and I are developing a, a hundred unit property building at the moment, a, a conversion, uh, and we're going to keep it uh, and we're going to take the income. And lots of people, whoa, you could, why don't you sell that? I mean, if we sold that, we'd make millions of profit. But um, if you sell it, you've got a lump of money. You can't retire on two million. I don't think, I think you could retire on 10 million. You, you know, I, I know because I've reached certain figures and gone, yeah, you could retire on that. But you can't retire on a million. No way. You cannot retire on a million. It's not enough anymore. I don't think you can retire on five million unless you live a really humble lifestyle. So if, you, if you're talking about cash lump to be able to retire on, to live off income, as long as it's well invested, of course, I think you're talking more like 10 million. Well, I know because, you know, I've hit, I've hit figures where I've been able to work it out. All right. So in 2007, Mark and I set up our company, Progressive Property. Uh, and it, we'd bought, I think, between just under 20 properties we'd bought in 2006. And then we bought about another in 2007. So we were about 50 properties, not all for us, not all exclusively for us. But when you worked out the ones that were for Mark and I, the ones that Mark had, the ones that I had, the ones that we partnered up on, the ones that we owned, it. In re- realistically, before the recession, we probably could um, live off the income if we chose to do that. Very, very humble li- lifestyle, by the way. But it was a goal. And we, uh, and we were able to say at a certain point in our journey, we've probably got enough assets to just turn on the income as opposed to reinvest it and buy more properties and do more refurbs um, and, and um, you know, live a humble lifestyle. And I actually knew people who were doing that, who were happy to live off two or three grand a month net income. The thing with Mark and I is we had bigger goals. So we got there and that was like a tick in the box. I was like, wow, that is what they talk about in all these books. Rich Dad, Poor Dad, all these books about, you know, having an asset base that you could retire. on. we're actually here um, or potentially here. And, and we're like 27, 28 years old. This is quite a, an achievement. But then the recession came. And I realized that an asset-based retirement maybe is only level one. So, you know, you have like a 10 million pound portfolio. But what, what's your equity? The equity really is more important than the asset value. And um, what if that gets disrupted by a, a recession or a lockdown or something like that? So then I realized I actually needed to have um, more cash, not just um, asset stroke equity. So the second retirement level is a cash level where you might have 10 million uh, and then you might calculate that 5% of 10 million is 500 grand a year. And if you invest well, you might get 500 grand a year net income. Now, the reason I say that 1 million or 5 million isn't enough to retire on is in 5 million at 5%, you might have a quarter of a million a year if you invest that well. But um, you could have recessions which could erode your capital base if you're living off the capital And also inflation erodes your capital base over time. So, you know, every 10 years, you're probably going to need, what, 40, 50, maybe even 60% more more income because your pound is going to erode over time. So the younger you are, the more you need to hedge for an inflationary future. So, um, And I got to that figure. So I became a millionaire between the age of 30 and 31, which is a big target of mine. And I thought, yeah, that's enough. A millionaire, that's all you need. And I realised it wasn't. And then you get to 2 million, 3 million, 5 million. You count it up and you go, okay. assuming a 5% net income return on that, which is realistic if invested well, you know, how much would I need to send my kids to private school, to pay all my living expenses, to live a decent life? Maybe not on anything anywhere with anyone, um, but maybe, I don't know, 10, 20 grand a month net income. You, You know, you've got to work out your figures. But the problem is you're always upping your expenses you want a nice car, then you want a really nice car. You want a nice house, then you want a really nice house. Um, but I, I did achieve that f- a figure along my journey in my um, early 30s. So that was another tick in the box. Great. So the first level is asset. The second level is cash. Then the third level is systemize or sell. So I don't know if you've read the E-Myth or my book, Life Leverage. Can you just see it above there? You can. Let's have a look. So there's my book there, Life Leverage. Um, and I wrote Life and Leverage in 2016, and then I travelled the world. I'm taking my son to the World Under Six Golf Championships. We went when he was five, Andy was six. Europeans, British, uh, and we, but for about two years, we travelled the world and travelled the country. Uh, and I wasn't um, operationally involved in the business at all. In fact, we knocked my office down in our offices. Um, you know, we we're able because I had I had an office which we could have. Um, it was big enough to fit a few extra staff members, not just one in. We actually knocked my office down, um, put the access to the server on my phone and laptop. and I didn't come into the office for a long time. Popped in every now and again to say hi just to show my team that uh, I was alive. Um, and I, I had an amazing time um, giving my son every opportunity that he could have to be a great golfer um, and to travel and to see lots of parts of America and Europe and Um, And, you know, Scotland, which I'd never been to before the golf, you know, going to the great golf courses there. And I loved it. I really loved it. Uh, Now, by the way, there's always downsides. So, um, you you know, the excess travel gives you jet lag. It's difficult traveling with young children. It's first world problems, of course. Don't think that I'm playing my violin here. Um, But, you know, I realized after doing that for 18 months or two years, I didn't want to do that for another 50 or 60 years. But I had to get the companies in a position where they could, uh, you know, run without me and they had to be saleable to be scalable. Whether you want to sell your companies or not, they have to be saleable to be scalable. You need an operations manual. You know, you need a manager or an MD or a CEO. Um, You know, you need to not be able not have to go to the office for weeks or even months. You know, that three month test. Um, You know, if you were in hospital for three months and you know what, you know, you were in intensive care and there was no Internet connection in the hospital and no one could contact you, could your companies not just survive but thrive? Could they not just um, tick over, but could they scale? The answer is no. Then you're in no position to retire. So you could have the asset level one. You could have the cash level two, but you couldn't have the ability um, because your companies couldn't function. And I wrote Life Leverage, which is all about you know, outsourcing and scaling and systemizing and um, firing yourself and making yourself redundant and letting go to grow. So, of course, I had to practice what I preached in the book. Otherwise, that wouldn't be there wouldn't be integrity there. So I wrote that book as almost a way to say, right, this is my final um, retirement. I'm off. I'm done. Here we go. Um, and, and after those sort of 18 months, two years of travel and, you know, Bobby didn't want to do the big competitions uh, anymore. And, you know, that wasn't something that I necessarily knew would happen. Um, so we needed to give him a break. So we came home. So we're back home and we're like, oh, Peterborough, it's not quite L.A. Uh, and oh, my office is just down the road. Oh, maybe I'll pop in. Or, oh, maybe I'll write another book. And actually the, the, um, the time that I liberated writing Life Leverage freed me to start my podcast, The Disruptive Entrepreneur. Um, now, something that I found is that when you create time, that void becomes filled with something else, which is why I always say retirement is not about doing nothing. It is about doing something else. Hopefully, that's something else that's more inspiring to you, or it's your new direction, or it gives you variety, or it creates you a better income stream, or it builds you a better asset base, or something that you—it's a, a passion-profession merge. Because I think ultimately behind when people talk about retirement or um, you know, individuals or companies are selling you the early retirement, really, what is it about for you? I think um, no one wants to retire from something that they love. It's not the Internet connection. It's me. No one wants to retire from doing something that they love to do. So um, I got the company to the point where it was systemized um, it was scalable and saleable. Um, I freed my time. I travelled the world. I wrote Life Leverage to enable me to do that. Um, I then filled it with doing a podcast and I take my gear. I'm recording on my little Zoom H1 here that you can see. So I'd have a Zoom H1 and a Zoom H4. I'd take them around the world with me. I'd record my um, podcasts, you know, on a beach or on a jetty or um, just sitting on a um, patio, looking out at my son practising his putting. And that was great. But that I also found I got itchy and bored and restless and frustrated and I felt like I wasn't valuable. Um, and I believe being valuable is really important as a human being for your self-worth, for the value you create to others, for the meaning in your life. Um, so then I started filling my time again and I set up more companies, wrote more books, started another podcast. Um, we, we set up Progressive Publishing. I, I Started our podcast agency. Not only did I write money, I also wrote start now, get perfect later. I also wrote I'm worth more. I also wrote routine equals results. Okay, so then step four um, or now this could be you could inverse the order, by the way. Like I said, three, four and five aren't necessarily in order. Operational retirement. So my, my most recent retirement, age 41, is operational retirement. Which means tactically, I won't be doing any work. It means I won't be getting involved in um, any non-strategic decisions. Um, So anything you can think of that's a task um, or or work, um, I won't be involved in. Uh, And that's a strategic decision of mine. Um, We have an amazing MD who's fantastic and we have amazing um, team and and higher level managers. uh, And they don't need me. Um, and in fact, sometimes they lean on me through, they, they have this illusion that they need me and they, they lean on me from time to time. Sometimes when I know there's stuff going on that I could impact, I've, I believe positively, I'll stick my nose in, I'll get my beak involved in when I don't necessarily need to. So it's like, even though for a long while I've not been that operational. My shadow still casts over them and that gives them some doubt. Oh, well, Rob might want it done this way or that way. Or there's no point doing that because Rob will, you know, Rob won't want it done that way. Um, or, or sometimes I can't help but getting involved because I think I, I can improve it. And, uh, you know, I always say you have to let go to grow. And even though I feel like I've, I've let go and they feel like um, I've let go, I hadn't fully let go. So that's my, um, my retirement now. Now, what will that free me to do? Well, whatever I want in reality, but I've just built um, a studio. I don't know if you can see um, here, but it's my um, listening room and studio. So I've just built this. So I'll be doing more content. Now, my critics might be like, oh, well, that's not retirement. Remember, retirement isn't doing nothing. It's doing something else. Uh, And if I were to retire now, what would I want to do with my life? That would be the question. If I were to retire now, what would I want to do with my life? I definitely want to go to America, hire a big um, Winnebago mobile home thing and go and interview a load of cool people. Well, we're doing that next year, 2021. Would have done it this year, but obviously um, lockdown has uh, prohibited that. Uh, I would definitely go and meet more interesting guests um, and try and um, I- improve and increase the reach and quality of my content on my YouTube channel, on my podcast. Um, I would definitely try and do more unique content per platform because I love doing content on social media. I absolutely love it. That's what I would do were I retiring and not doing anything. And that's what I'm doing. I would start a martial art again because I stopped that when I started my um, companies in 2007. So I'm doing that again. I'd listen to more vinyl. So there you go. There's all my uh, vinyl. So I'm doing that again. I'd probably take up golf again. So I'm doing that again. Um, I'd spend more time with my kids. So I'm doing that again. But here's the difference. This is not a sale and, you know, go on a beach and sit pina coladas retirement because I still want to be strategically involved in my businesses and brands. Uh, I have a personal uh, vision to help as many people on the planet start and scale their business and get a better financial education. And that's a lifelong vision of mine. and, And that mission is never going to stop when I'm 80 and 90. I'm still going to be kicking and screaming doing that. I'll just be more grumpy and probably um, someone will be pushing me around, but I'll still be doing that. And that would be what I would do if, were I to retire. Because for me, if you retire and do nothing, you lose your value. And if you lose your value, you lose your self-worth and your contribution. And we need to equally contribute uh, as well as consume. I think that that's really important. Um, and then the fifth level, I suppose, of retirement is total time freedom. So you're strategically retired, you're operationally retired, you've sold your companies, you've got a big lump of cash, you've probably got assets as well. So you've got residual income and capital. And then you really just don't want to do any work, nothing. Um, and maybe you want to play golf and play tennis and do yoga and see the world and, I don't know, journal and um, you know, whatever else. Now, that's cool, um, but it's not me. It's not me. And I found that it's not most people when they get there. But why don't you at least get there to try it? Now, it's probably um, the the quickest retirement you're probably going to do is the asset-based one. Because I reckon if you've got 20, 25 properties or you wrote a few books um, or you created some social media platforms that had residual income from ads and collaborations, you you know, how much of an asset base do you need to get three or five grand a month net? Probably, you know, a couple of million. You probably need to write a couple of good books. You probably need to have a few hundred podcast episodes. It's not um, inconceivable that within a few short years, you could get to asset-based retirement. And then what that does is take, take the stress off the earning. So then you don't have to exchange your time for money. So then you can exchange your time for ideas, your time for relationships, your time for partnerships, your time for assets. Um, and, and, you know, instead of exchanging the time for um, exchanging the time for money, dead time, repetitive time or selling your time and yourself. To get to cash, it might be 5, 10 million, depending on your need for income and how many supercars and how big your mortgage is and things like that. So that might be another two or three years down the line where you've got a balance investing in assets, but preserving and saving cash lumps. Um, systemizing to sell. Now, look, you can systemize your business now. I've done different podcast episodes on it. So if you're watching the video, make sure you subscribe to the Disruptive Entrepreneur podcast. I've done plenty of episodes on systemizing your business. In fact, I've interviewed Michael Gerber, who wrote the E-Myth, who is the guy for systemizing your business. I wrote Life Leverage, um, which talks about systemizing your business. Really what that is, on one simple phrase, systemizing your business is letting go to grow. It is making you redundant, not reliant. Um, And that might be writing an operations manual. It might be getting a manager, a PA. Um, an operations manager, an MD. Um, It might be um, anything that you do, you know, that's tactical, that's technical, that needs your decision making, your ideation, your creativity, your innovation. Anything that you do, just make sure it's documented. Um, Write it in um, a manual or just record it on a, a, a Dictaphone or a Zoom H1 or do screenshots on Camtasia of you logging into The apps and the software and the systems you use and how you use them. Now, people tend to say, "Oh well, no one can do the job as me." Oh well, as as well as me. Um, But actually, certain people could do the job better than you. I believe good entrepreneurs are often generalists. They've got decent knowledge in sales, in marketing, in strategy, in vision, um, you know, in in finance, um, in HR, in recruitment. But they're not the go-to expert in the world on those um, different verticals. Um, But if you align with Some of the best experts in HR, in recruitment, in sales, in marketing, in strategy, um, in culture, in finances. So you're the generalist who creates the vision. You you create the energy, the enthusiasm, the culture. You 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 create the the velocity. um, And then you partner with, you hire, you outsource to. The, tactical, the, the, the best tacticians in those verticals, that, that I believe is one of the main functions of a, a great entrepreneur. Putting a great team together, like a manager, Jürgen Klopp, great manager. Now, Jürgen Klopp hasn't got the best 11 players in the world, even if you're a biased Liverpool fan. What he's got is a cohesive team because people want to play for him because he's created a great culture. And he's, he's of course, got a great tactician, but he's a great leader. He's great with the media Uh, And the modern football manager needs to be many different... They need to have many different hats and have many different... um, I wouldn't say basic skills because he's great with the media and he's obviously a great tactician. But he will have analysts and tacticians and assistant coaches who are more expert in their specific niches than him. So there's a massive myth that you need to do everything yourself and you need to get great at everything first before you you hire and you outsource. Um, So yeah, once you could sell your business... Uh, And a lot of people think they can sell their business. They've got a little manual and they they think that they've got um, systems in place. But actually, if the company that's buying your business wants to retain you, you know, normally they'll want to retain you for two, three years. It means your business isn't really properly uh, saleable um, because it needs your input. Whereas if they'll buy it and they don't need to retain you, then it's fully saleable. And if it's saleable, it's scalable. Um, cool. And then total time freedom is just selling the thing. And that's it. Now, look, I've got people who follow me who are 18 and I've got people who follow me who are 68. So this is why I'm not telling you which one is right or wrong. And I'm not judging. You know, if you're 55, 60, 70, you might want to just spend a year or two systemizing all your businesses and assets and selling the lot and then enjoying the next 10 or 20 years of your life. That's up to you. Remember, though, the stats on retirement are not good. And normally when people stop, no, they don't live many years left. Why kick? all the freedom and the enjoyment of your life towards the end of your life. So I've had, this is my fifth retirement. You could argue I've had many retirements. And even though I've intended to retire, what I've learned that I've done is retired from the thing that I did to do something else. Um, And I'd just like you to have the choice and the ability to do that. So hopefully you found this video useful. So if you are watching this live, I sometimes, probably one in every five videos, um, record it for my podcast, The Disruptive Entrepreneur. But I interview billionaires on my podcast. So I'm interviewing a billionaire tomorrow. A um, uh, really interesting story, by the way, not the traditional way you normally become a billionaire. So um, if you're listening to the podcast, uh, that will come at some stage. Uh, and if you watch the videos, make sure you tune in tomorrow. Um, if you like to see the interviews, you like to see um, myself and them and our DAP dynamic and, you know you like to look in their eyes and um, feel the energy and the body language of the interviews then you need to follow me on my page Uh, my page is rather more progressive i do probably five pieces of content a day and i do at least one maybe two live videos a day by the way um, my content is becoming more and more unique now so in the early days i don't know one in every two videos would be on my page or the audio would be extracted for the podcast and vice versa but now it's probably one in five, one in six. So I don't do as much duplication. Now, on my Facebook page um, where I do videos, you have the ability to donate stars. And for that, you can, get, um, you can send in a video and I'll put it on my story for a day. And so you can promote yourself to 145,500 of my followers, which is a pretty big number. Um, where else for just a few dollars can you get that kind of reach? You can also, um, if you donate stars, get shout outs on my podcast. Um, You can get one to one calls when I do them from time to time. You can get shout outs actually on the live video for your business, your brand, your podcast, your website, your Facebook group. So if you're listening to the podcast, you must be following on my page to get all those sexy benefits. I was one of the first 20 people in the world to get the stars feature. um, And I think I've now created five. Well, actually, um, my head of social media really helped me with this. So I've got to give Kieran a lot of credit too. But we created now, I think, five different ways of giving you benefits. Um, that you can leverage my community. Now, the people who follow me, my community, my followers, my subscribers, they're buyers, they're entrepreneurs. You know, they invest in their personal development. They buy stuff. They're not window shoppers um, or freebie seekers. So if you get a chance to um, get involved in my community and promote your products and services and businesses and get shout outs there, I think you're going to do well. And I'm really trying with my following, you know, on my Facebook page, on my podcast, on my YouTube channel, um, on my Instagram, I'm pretty much on all of them. Um, I'm trying to make it inclusive with you. So what I'm trying not to do is just go to big corporates and get them to pay me a load of money and, and do ads for mattresses or um, financial services, which are not really relevant to, um, you know, what you follow me for and, and what I do. Don't get me wrong if Alexander McQueen or P. Gay or Costa Coffee um, came to me. I'd definitely, Blinkist, I, I I'm partner with them. I'd shout them out because I love them anyway and if they're going to pay me some money, I'll take the money. <laughs> Um, but what I'm mostly trying to do through the stars feature is get you um, exposure on my platforms and assets. Um, and also this stars feature is Facebook, for the start of Facebook's new currency, it seems. Um, and I really want to push this feature um, and I want to get as many of you as possible knowing how the stars feature work and knowing how to donate and give stars and exchange stars, stars scars, let's exchange scars. We I definitely do plenty of that. I've got plenty of scars. Um, because Facebook keep giving me all these new premium features, supporters, stars, paid live events, paid live events in messenger rooms, etc. And that's really quite exciting for my personal brand. And where I might not have 10 million followers, um, I've got a decent following, of course, but not 10 million. Um, But I've got advantage in other areas because every time Facebook give me a new feature, I just really um, try and um, get everyone using it and try and sort of promote it and push it as long as I think that it's valuable to you, of course. Um now um other people have the stars feature, not many people do, but other people do they do raffles and they they just ask you to give them stars to donate them f- so that they can um, fuel their art and create more of their their content and their product um but I'm always doing fair exchange I'm not asking you just to give me stars to you know um make me a, a billionaire instead of a multimillionaire that's not really going to cut it, is it so I'm always doing fair exchange I'm getting you on my stories, getting you on my podcast, getting you you know yourself promoted on my videos etc because I think that's a win-win and I think if it works for you then obviously you're going to let people know that you think that my content is useful. So yeah just a little bit of an insight there into why you might want to listen to my podcast if you are watching my videos The Disruptive Entrepreneur and why you might want to watch my videos if you listen to my podcast Um, and my Facebook page is Rob More Progressive. If you wouldn't mind sharing this because I think that retirement is achievable but it's probably not what most people think it is. There are those five levels and stages. Uh, And I think if you target each one, maybe go three years, five years, seven years, something like that, or it depends where you're at. You might be halfway there already. Um, And then it just really what it does is it it creates time for you to do more of what you love. So if writing and traveling and um, or creating more companies and more income streams or spending time with your children or being creative or starting a new hobby, um, if all of those things are what you love, which, by the way, I like to do a bit of all of those, So you can actually not just do one thing. You could do lots of things. I want you to have the choice to do that. But you have to set up your business to do that. And the work hard, 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 hustle, graft, grind, 15 hours a day, 10 years to be an overnight success, wearing it like a badge of honour, bragging about it. That is not the way. That is not the way to retire. But a lot of people are retirement. That's not possible before the age of 65. That's just a scam that people are selling. Well, I'd say a scam that people are selling is working hard your whole life and hoping to retire at 65. Then it's 70. Then it's 75. If you rely on the government and you rely on, you know, external entity for your retirement, that's not going to work. That strategy is not going to work anymore. So you you need to take full, final and personal responsibility. The only person that's going to retire you is you. Um, And you need assets, you need systems, you need processes, you need teams, you need leaders. You need managers. You need vision. um, You need good money management. Yeah. So um, on my podcast, The Disruptive Entrepreneur, and on my second podcast, Money, and on all the books you can see behind me, Money, Start Now, Get Perfect Later Life Leverage, there's strategies and tactics and tools that you can implement that can take you on that journey. You just have to start with the end in mind, as Stephen Covey said. You have to have a plan and work backwards. You have to be strategic. You have to do as much of your day-to-day in thinking and planning and creating and innovating and ideating and disrupting as you do doing. And what most entrepreneurs get stuck in is the doing, the head down, arse up. The problem is when you head down, arse up, you can't see where you're going. So you could be digging really hard down the wrong hole, down the wrong tunnel. So none of this head down, arse up. Um, Now, the challenge is we've been raised. I'm 41, so my dad worked hard his whole life and his dad worked hard his whole life. And that was how they were raised. And the only way to be successful that you knew a decade or a, de- a generation ago was hard work. And even, of course, in sports, it's hard work and it's practice in fighting and, you know, many different um, disciplines. Um, athletics it is hard work. Train hard. But now people are getting it's not just train hard, it's train smart. So, for example, athletes started sleeping lots more in the day because they realized that sleep was as important for recovery as is training hard. And they understood the the concept of overtraining. So actually, it's not just about head down, ass up. It's strategic. It's thinking um, in in, in a leverage capacity. What what one task could I do now that would mean the other five on my list I don't need to do? Um, Or what one is worth equal to those five? Because no two tasks have the same value. One task is equal to the other five. Um, Not all six tasks have equal value. Cool. Anyway, going a bit off thread there, but just thought it might be useful. Uh, Thanks for tuning in. I love you all. Please, could you share this if you think that it could be useful to people? Um, I don't know if, yeah, head down, arse up. Um, Sharon has said would be a good title for a book. Um, So, yeah, please share this on your social media or um, the podcast link is bit.ly forward slash D-I-S-E-N-T podcast. That's bit.ly forward slash D-I-S-E-N-T as in Disruptive Entrepreneur podcast. Um, and of course, if you're watching the video, you can just hit the share button. I want to help as many people on this planet, whether you're young or old or man or woman or developing or developed world or starting or scaling. I want to help as many people on this planet start and scale their business and get a better financial education. Uh, and whilst I have plenty of training programs and, um, you know, my companies in the training space are doing really well. I don't need to ask for your money. Um, I might for a charity raise, I might to to build a library or a school or get some internet connections set up in the uh, developing world or for grants or for apprenticeships or for, you know, helping people get um, extra training and education and support and mentoring. Um, But yeah, that's my personal vision. So anywhere you can share me and support me, Um, That just helps me get out there to more people and I'll be very grateful for that. Thanks for tuning in. You're all legends. Uh, And remember, start now, get perfect later. And if you don't risk anything, you risk everything. Hi, it's Rob. So this is a bit of an experiment for me. It could go wrong. So I'm doing some shout outs to some community legends. So there are people who follow me on my supporters. They regularly donate stars. And they're really bought into the Rob Moore Supporters, Disruptive Entrepreneur Podcast, Disruptive Entrepreneur Community. And I want to honor them and thank them for star donations. And I'm going to give them some shout outs. I'm doing a live video. I'm also recording it to go on the end of a podcast episode. Uh, I'm not usually the scripted guy, as you know, so bear with me here. But I just want to let you know it's official now that this Wednesday, uh, and if you're watching the video, that's coming up at 3 p.m., is the interview with the infamous son of the infamous drug lord, Pablo Escobar. Can you believe that? Uh, If you're listening to this on a podcast, you can get the replay on my YouTube channel or on the Disruptive Entrepreneur podcast. Uh, The YouTube channel is tiny.cc forward slash R-M-Y-T, as in Rob Moore YouTube. Uh, And yeah, this is something we've done never before in the history of the world ever, It's a worldwide exclusive. He's only done sort of three minute podcasts or little articles or some very short interviews in mainstream media. Nothing like a deep dive, 90 minute full on interrogation. He was actually really excited. He phoned me up um, and we had a chat for about 20 minutes and he was really pitching me. This could be the most controversial video we've ever done. This could be the biggest one on YouTube ever. Let's do a documentary film. I'll fly in from Spain. Unfortunately, we couldn't make that happen because of quarantine. Um, So, yeah, this could, this promises to be one of our most disruptive interviews with Pablo Escobar's son on my YouTube channel, uh, which is tiny.cc forward slash R-M-Y-T. If you're a podcast listener, you can watch the recording on YouTube or listen to it on the podcast in a a few weeks after the live interview. All right. So a few shout outs to awesome community members. So the first is Darius Ariana. Now, she donated some stars generously, so I'm shouting her out here on the video and on my podcast. Um, And what she does is, well, she has a a company called Kingsmere Property Limited, uh, and the website is kingsmereproperty.co.uk, and she provides investment opportunities, property investment in Oxfordshire, um, and it's kingsmereproperty.co.uk. So thank you, uh, Darius Ariana, for that. And thank you for being a follower, a fan, supporter, and donating your stars. And by the way, if you want to shout out in my Disruptive Entrepreneur community or on the podcast, the podcast has almost 10 million subscribers downloads now, um, and uh, the Disruptive Entrepreneur Facebook group has nearly 20,000 people, um, then donate some stars on one of my videos on my Facebook page. Uh, next is Sam Adams. So Sam Adams has a self-made uh, online course, a six-week focused mastermind to kickstart better results. That's sam-adams.com forward slash self-made, sam-adams.com forward slash self-made. Sam's been following me for many years, donated loads of stars. Thanks, Sam. You're awesome. next we have Robert Terry. So Robert Terry, again, he's been all in on the community for a good couple of years now. We met at a charity ball. It was Jake Wood's charity ball I got invited to, and he came along. And he has a podcast called The Humble Entrepreneur, um, and he um, shares his own take on his 15 years of business experience. And the link is bit.ly 4 slash the123ad, bit.ly 4 slash the123ad. And his podcast is called The Humble Entrepreneur. Robert Terry, you're a legend. Thanks for following my work and donating the stars and being a great supporter. Uh, then we have Punit. So Punit, once again, been in the community for years. It's funny, actually, the people who take action, donate the stars, invest in the courses, generally tend to rise to the top. They say that the cream of the milk rises to the top because it does. And they're the ones that often donate the stars, get the shout outs, get their brand exposed on my community. I don't think there are many people like me who are able to expose their community followers and fans to their own audience. So don't forget, you could take me up on this if you follow my videos on Facebook and donate some stars. So, um, Panit has focused on the privacy laws around GDPR. Um, So, you need to make sure that you're compliant. So, he has tiny.cc forward slash privacy for business. tiny.cc forward slash privacy for business. Um, And he has a coupon code ROB100. ROB100. Then we have Jerry Alexander. Jerry's in my marketing mastermind. Jerry's a legend. um, And he does multi-letter commercial conversion. Um, he's a, a multi commercial specialist, and he has a commercial property podcast, which is bit.ly/cpi-pod. bit.ly/cpi-pod. That's Jerry Alexander, um, commercial property podcast. Then we have Yelena Van Vieren, um, Vieren spelled W-I-E-R-E-N. So she has a UK real estate for foreign investors podcast. And I've tinied this link for her because it was a bit long. It's tiny.cc4slash IIUKP, or lowercase. tiny.cc4slash IIUKP, Real Estate for Foreign Investors podcast. So if you want to get a shout out in the Disruptive Entrepreneur community and on my podcast, uh, the Disruptive Entrepreneur literally get, reaches millions of people, subscribers, downloads, views, um, then watch some of my uh, Facebook videos. Uh, that's um, facebook.com forward slash RobmoreProgressive. Donate stars when you get the opportunity to, when I give you the opportunity to um, donate stars for these shout outs or just donate me a nice chunk and I'll do it for you um, in fair exchange. And um, you could have me reading your name out um, to many, many people across the world for your product or your service. So Darius Ariana for property, Kingsmere um, KingsmereProperty.co.uk, Sam Adams for Mastermind to Kickstart Your Results. Sam-Adams.com forward slash self-made. Robert Terry, The Humble Entrepreneur Podcast, bit.ly forward slash the one, two, three, ad, A-D. it for all GDPR and privacy, um, tiny.cc forward slash privacy for business. Jerry Alexander for all things commercial property, bit.ly forward slash c-p-i hyphen pod. And then Yelena Van Vieren for all things UK real estate investing for foreign investors. Uh, that's tiny.cc forward slash i i u k p boom we did it no cock ups no edits well not yet thanks for tuning in and remember if you don't risk anything you risk everything